The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. It is to sport actually uh, that we uh, start and the beginning of the World Cup in about two weeks' time. Of course, it is happening in Qatar and the decision to hold the event there has been heavily criticised because of the country's human rights record, their treatment of workers, the amount of workers, the sheer scale of workers who died in the construction of stadiums and the treatment of women in Qatar, the LGBTQ plus community and others. Despite that, FIFA say time to focus on the football and that politics shouldn't become an issue that Football should not be dragged into ideological or political battles, so says Gianni Infantino. Uh, anyway, uh, joining me to discuss is Oscar Lopez, the commentator and podcaster, Aon Reardon, who, of course, is the Labour Party's education spokesperson, uh, and Kieran Cunningham, uh, chief sports writer with The Star. You're all very welcome. Uh, folks, uh, Aon, I might start with you. I mean, it does strike me as a little bit rich for FIFA to suggest sports and politics shouldn't mix when the reason it's happening is in Qatar is for very political reasons. Well, you can't divorce sport and politics. I mean, it's an impossibility. Even this country, in terms of Irish soccer, there's a reason why Derry City play in the League of Ireland. It's a political reason. I mean, our very first president, uh, Douglas Hyde, was banned from the GEA for attending a soccer match. You know, football and politics, for the very virtue of the fact that, you know, the teams competing are, are drawn along political lines in terms of the jurisdictions that they represent. They, they play anthems, uh, you know, they, they fly flags. And what Qatar is being confronted with in this World Cup, I would hope, is by the fans from across the world placing a focus on their treatment of women, treatment of the LGBT community and other issues. Now, we wouldn't be talking about this if the World Cup wasn't in Qatar, uh, but at the same time, international football feels more grubby as the years go on. You see what's happening in the Premiership with clubs like Newcastle being bought out. Mm. And it's it's hard really to feel in any way celebratory about what's happening in uh, with this World Cup this this month. But perversely, sorry, just to kind of to dig into that point a little bit more. I mean, perversely, might, might there be a benefit to hosting it there that we are talking about these issues in the context of Qatar? Well, look, if you look back in history, the 1936 the Olympics was held in in Berlin. It was a platform for Nazi Germany. Jesse Owens, of course, totally ripped up the Aryan super race idea by winning four gold medals. So there can be moments in history where individual athletes can, can rise above those platforms and, and show the truth of, uh, of, what they're, of what they're all about. But at the same time, it's a difficult balance. We, you know, South Africa are playing this weekend in Dublin. That wouldn't have happened 40 years ago. Russia are outside of soccer and competition for good reasons. But Israel are allowed to play. You know, there's never really a cut and, a cut and dried, hard, fast rule as to mm. what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. But the idea that you can divorce football or sport from politics is a nonsense. Uh, there is a balance to be struck, however. So w- will you be watching it, Aon, hoping to see some form of protest then from players? I, I probably, I, I won't be a hypocrite. I probably will watch it. I, I, I can't pretend that I'm overly enthusiastic about it. Um, you know, four years ago, we had a World Cup in Russia. There was question marks over that. There was issues in the the World Cup in Brazil about construction workers um, falling foul of uh, of of that World Cup. So I probably will watch it. But again, um, if FIFA are are going to try and dampen down, uh, you know, the protest or the symbolism of what is happening, that's going to be a mistake. And certainly, there's there's been politicians in England who are encouraging English uh, soccer fans, you know, to behave themselves uh, in a way that doesn't offend the hosts. 
and I think that has to be challenged as well. So we'll see what happens. But again, it feels a bit grubby. It doesn't feel as if something that uh, we necessarily want to celebrate, unfortunately. Uh, Oscar Lopez, I mentioned, is with us as well, the commentator and the podcaster. Oscar, do you think it all feels a little bit grubby? Um, I think the first point that was made there about um, about FIFA and how basically it's been made political because of their own actions, their own decisions, and then it looks like two weeks before the tournament, while we're all shining a light on the human rights abuses that have been going on in Qatar, now they suddenly flip it on everyone else and say, oh, you've got to stop making it political. The reason it became political is because it's hosting the country with a appalling human rights record in the first place. Um, I think my point generally is I, I think... If you want to boycott the World Cup, that's your prerogative. That's your individual you know, right to, to, to boycott mm. it and to stop watching it. If you don't think that the World Cup... There's also a lot of issues. People say that it's a November World Cup. They're not going to watch it anyway because they don't feel like a World Cup. But obviously, the bigger topic is obviously Qatar and, and, uh, and human rights abuses. If you don't want to watch it, that's fair enough. But I also think that you have to separate at some level the actual sport and the sort of more political, the corruption side of it and the reason why it's there. And I think fundamentally, most people, when they watch the World Cup and they support their country, they will end up, you know, not forgetting about it for 90 minutes, but they, they, they will be there supporting their country. Um, and then obviously the, 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 the job of the media and the job of the politicians is to shine a light on the human rights abuses. But I don't think it would be fair to tell fans um, and, you know, people involved in the game. I mean, I give you the example, I'm a grassroots coach, right? So I coach, you know, kids from, from six to about 14 you know, for some of these kids, it's going to be their first World Cup. It's going to be the first chance they get to see a World Cup. Now, my first football memory is was the World Cup final in 2006. And I've got that stuck into my mind. And I think it's a little bit unfair on especially children who won't understand necessarily what's going on to say, no, 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 you can't watch the World Cup um, because of things that is not their fault. It's got nothing to do with them. Yeah. Frankly, it's got nothing to do with, with the fans either. I'm not, I thought you just well you made me feel very old when you suggested your first football memory was 2006 but we're brushing that aside <laughs> I was like, are, are there are there really kind of significant voices calling for an outright boycott because I'd wager most people are kind of in Aeon's camp which is yeah it all feels a bit grubby but in reality I probably will watch the games because you know I'm a football fan I'd be in that category myself yeah, well, I mean, I remember the 2018 World Cup in in Russia, obviously, and and it was I, I feel like it's similar to that in terms of the response. I feel like leading up to the World Cup, there was a lot of. I remember there was there was actually an interview uh, with Vladimir Putin that was done done in this country. I can't remember who did it actually, but and they were sort of questioning his his um, his attitudes towards homosexuality and stuff like that. So there was that sort of you know should there shouldn't be in Russia, but what frankly what did happen is the World Cup started and everyone sort of almost forgot about it for, for, you know, a month. And then suddenly almost everyone turned off. Um, I don't think we should be able to we should, we should let that happen in Qatar uh, at all. But, you know, I think, I think that, frankly, is, it looks like the way it's going with them. Yeah. Um, if, if you look at, there's no precedent of, you know, everyone going out there and shining a light on it like, like the, because there wasn't in Russia. Do, do you think it's asking or expecting too much of of players, particularly players maybe who have kind of been building up to this. I'm thinking of players who are on the, the Welsh team, for example, building up to this for their whole careers. Like this is going to be the pinnacle of it. E- expecting them to mount some form of protest. I So I do. So I'm of the opinion that, well, it's not the players' fault, it's not the fans' fault, especially not the players' fault. You know, they've been working so hard to get to where they are and then suddenly someone's saying, you can't play in a World Cup. And, you know, for many people, it would be their only World Cup, their only chance to play the biggest stage in world football, maybe even sporting football. And you're saying to them, you can't play there, not for your own fault, but because of the place it is and because of something that's happened above you and it's not your fault. 
and frankly, I don't think that's right. But I also don't think that um, I don't think they've helped themselves by I think that they've acted political or ways that could be seen as political over the last two, three, four years. Um, but I also think that they've now failed out a lot of the players to mm. call out some of the abuses that um, happened in Qatar. And I think actually the FA, the FA, I think actually really failed on that. They've been pretty quiet, I'd say, and that's quite disappointing. Kieran Cunningham, I mentioned, is with us as well, the chief sports writer with the Irish Daily Star. Kieran, I, I want you to imagine if you can, like a hypothetical, that we were in the World Cup. What do you suspect would be the nature of the coverage here? I think it'd be pretty similar to a lot of the coverage elsewhere. You know, the coverage there there is a, among journalists. There's a lot of questioning coverage and across the media about whether this should be happening, and you know, uh, and you know, describing it as the most toxic sporting event since the '36 Olympics. Like it's even worse than the Russian Olympics because, or the Argentina World Cup in 1978, the Russian World Winter Olympics, or the Russian uh, World Cup in 2018, because. You know, Russia did have does and did have a strong football tradition, as did Argentina. There were a lot of reasons why they shouldn't have got it. But now, Qatar, everything about Qatar is wrong in in terms of hosting a World Cup. You know, what's pretty depressing is like somebody like Jamie Carragher has been very vocal in coming out against this tournament taking place, but mostly because of the scheduling, because it was coming in the middle of the winter of the European season, because of the toll players picking up injuries and missing it now because of the manic schedule and the run-up to it. But there's been very few voices within football coming out and saying why it's so wrong to get in bed with a regime like this. Because it's not about sport. The only reason you can listen to all the guff from FIFA or the Qataris about growing the game, etc. From David Beckham, the ambassador, who's mm. got 150 million over 10 years to talk up Qatar and they say there's growing the region and growing football in the region, etc. But it's all about laundering the country's reputation. That's what it is. It's a classic example of sports washing. Sports washing is the biggest issue facing sports in the 21st century. It's a reason. It's the rationale behind the Saudi 2030 project. It's the rationale behind the Russia World Cup, the Russia Winter Olympics, and you can go through a long list of major events that were hosted in Russia under Putin because he saw it as a way of laundering his, his and the country's reputation. That's now happening with Qatar. I would be very interested now how Stephen Kenny would respond if he was in this situation because he's somebody who's been very vocal about political issues and human rights issues over the years, even in his programme notes when managing the League of Ireland. And I think he would be quite conflicted if he was now a couple of weeks out from the World Cup. It, it, I want to ask you the same question I ask uh, um, Oscar, which is: Is it unfair to expect players to be the ones mounting the protest when it's FIFA who've put them in this position? But well, yeah, I don't think you should expect anyone to mount a protest. But it's up to individuals to examine their own conscience, see if they're, if they're comfortable with it. Mm. And there's over, like I think, to see and like the Australians. Uh, had a joint protest. You know, they issued a video message that was very great, good as a squad. It's very hard for a squad as a whole to pull out, you know, because you have so many different individuals. You have the National Association involved, sponsors, etc. But there's over a thousand players there. And I, I would be curious, would anybody pull out or will anybody make a pro- an individual protest when they're there? Because it has happened. You've had Tommy Smith and John Carlos at the Mexico Olympics at 68. You've had Colin Kaepernick in, in the NFL. You had, you know, Ireland players who refused to tour uh, apartheid South Africa. And apartheid South Africa is a very good example to bring in here because one of the main reasons apartheid was broken was because sanctions had come in against it and, and the, the ending of sporting links 
But instead now, you have countries that have many policies that are just as bad and as toxic as South Africa at the time. Mm. And people are running over themselves to get in bed with them. You know, when you have somebody like David Beckham taking the check, when you have people like FIFA saying we don't want protests, when you have the Qataris who've actually, it's been revealed today, have paid some fans to go there, paying for their accommodation, giving them a fee while they're there, that this is not normal. And this not, should not be supported. I, I, like, Oscar, as, as you heard there, was kind of suggested that, you know, once the football gets going, and, and he wasn't saying this should be the case, he was lamenting the fact that he expects this to be the case, that once the football gets going, people will forget about this, will kind of drift off to kind of sidebars in the newspaper and people will just, most of the fans will just be talking about the football. Do you suspect that will be the case or... You know, is this such an egregious example of sports watching? Is there so much talk about it that, as Aon was suggesting, maybe perversely, you know, this might backfire and we will continue to talk about these human rights abuses? I think, uh, you know, it comes down to the journalism uh, covering the event and, and a large part of that is TV coverage as well and the, the pundits you have. Like Richie Sadler said, the RT launched yesterday that he will he will raise it throughout Shea Given is another RT pundit he has no time for talk of sports washing he wants to only concentrate on the football so there will be that difference and also that you know the presenter becomes very important then to facilitate those kind of discussions like you do look at the, what was looked on as a classic RT panel back in the day Dunphy, Brady and Giles I would say you would have had quite heated discussions with them with Bill O'Hurley in the chair with something like this happening but I, I know some of the journalists going there and I know th- how they'll cover this and they will not cover it as just a normal sporting event and ignoring everything but the football mm. once the football starts, that they know it's bigger than this and that they know they have to do their job. And if you go there and just write about football, you're not doing the job. You're not a journalist worthy of the name, I think. Right. Well, listen, uh, it's been a really interesting discussion and thank you all for your time. Uh, Kieran Cunningham, who's Chief Sports Writer with the Irish Daily Star, Oscar Lopez, the commentator and the podcaster, and Aon O'Reardon, who, of course, is the Labour Party education spokesperson. Paul says, I've watched football since the World Cup in 1970. It is my favourite sport, but this breaks my heart. I am boycotting Qatar. It's a disgrace. And says the World Cup will not be watched in our house. And we are a football mad family. And somebody else, similar line, I'm lining up my podcasts for a complete media blackout for the World Cup duration I'm a soccer fan but this is unconscionable strong views on the text line I'm not sure are my views quite as strong or is my uh, willpower quite as strong maybe is a better description of my weakness I suspect I will watch the World Cup but like the lads the whole thing just feels grubby The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.